Hi, welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Steve Fortunato. We have uh, we 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 look for stories of inspiration, and um, you can't get more inspirational than than the story we're going to share with you today. I want you to imagine this. Um, there was this girl born. She weighed 14 ounces. That's four, not 14 pounds, 14 ounces, right? That's less than a pound. Um, her chance of survival was was zero. Uh, but apparently she wasn't listening. Uh, at the age of one, diagnosed with uh, cerebral palsy, uh, she has fought through a ridiculous amount of obstacles in her life. She's undergone, I don't know, 30, 35 surgeries. She's imagine trying to relearn how to walk. Well, she's done that uh, eight times, eight different times. She's had to learn how to walk again. Um, she has literally progressed from, from needing a wheelchair uh, to ballroom dancing. Um, at the age of 12, when she discovered there was no federal funding for uh, cerebral palsy research, she decided and she told her mom that she wanted to become the voice for those that don't have one. So Lauren and her mom, Sherry, uh, we're talking about Lauren Wallier, and her mother, Sherry, founded uh, uh, Make Lemonade Foundation for CP. It's a nonprofit organization it continues today, raising awareness of CP, fostering inclusion, creating a supportive community, and awarding grants so that CP patients can access cutting-edge therapies. And uh, that the girl that was born um, weighing 14 ounces is now a college student. And um, her name, again, is Lauren, and she is joined uh, by her mother, Sherry, both of them uh, fighters, courageous, and we appreciate you both. We love the story. We love what you're doing. And uh, thanks for, for joining us. Thank you so much for Thank having you. us. So we, and, and you're going to notice uh, Lauren's voice is, uh, she struggles a little bit with her voice, but she's a speaker. <laughs> she loves to speak. And so we're not going to stop and nothing's going to stop her from doing anything. I know, Lauren, you have a, a, a surgery coming up in a week or so. Um, but we know that you, if we, if you want, we can start with that. You, you have a, a vocal cord situation and we'll just go ahead and talk about that before we get into, into everything else. Sure. So I found out as a freshman in college, um, it's my second semester freshman year. I was working a thousand percent as if, uh, college was my professional occupation and I think through all that hard work through all that um physical and mental stress it became very apparent that something was was wrong because my health was rapidly declining I would sit in class I couldn't remember what they were telling me I would study hours and hours, and I could only remember certain things of what I had studied. I'd have a conversation, and I couldn't remember what I had said two sentences prior. And I take pride in being very. Well, I think we. We lost them. 
So I think Lauren and Cherry, I don't know if you can hear me. Oh, you're back. There mm -hmm. you are. Your uh, your connection. You guys are in Florida. I'm in Buffalo. The uh, connection went froze there for a second. So mm -hmm. you're back. Um, so Lauren, you were saying that you were a freshman in college, and um, then you noticed some some things that that and obviously you've had to fight to take care of it. So you've had yes. multiple voice uh procedures and more to come yes i this coming weekend i think it'll be 28 um i'm very grateful that i had my parents support even though i was you know eight hours away from home my mom was like it's time to look at your airway again mm. and I was very grateful to have parents that weren't going to stop until we found a medical home that was able to solve the issue. So I was very happy to be a, a patient at Cincinnati Children's and work with Dr. Michael Rudder, who is the number one airway surgeon in the world. So if there's anybody out there that needs airway sharpening, uh, check out Michael Rudder. Mm. He's the best, but also the most humble person I know. And soon to be 28 surgeries later, he has still not given up. So I'm very grateful. Well, speaking of not giving up, I mean, obviously you don't give up. Your mom hasn't given up. No one's given up and, and you're fighting. Uh, talk to me about, well, we'll get to the foundation. If one of you can explain, you know, cerebral palsy is like, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I don't think a lot of people know what it is. Sherry, can you throw it by us? Can you explain it to us? What, what is it? Or Lauren, whichever one. It's a, it's a group. Yeah. Oh. So I, I'm just really excited for this question because I did a series of, of interviews for my college internship with young adults with cerebral palsy um, for this project. And one of my interviewees, Danny Expert, uh, described it really beautifully. He said that I have brain damage and that brain damage is called cerebral palsy. And he and I had talked about the structuring of that because like you said, if you say I have cerebral palsy, people are like, I don't know what that is. Is it contagious? So leading with this idea of its effects, I think is really powerful. You always describe it as a stroke in an adult but in a baby. In simple terms, yes. So it's a group of neurologic disorders um, and they affect each person differently depending on where um, potentially, maybe it's a brain bleed, they don't always know. Um, that can happen in utero or up to age three in a little one. Um, but depending on where that damage is, is in the brain, um, you know, determines how it affects the individual. 
So it can affect your gross motor, which is very, very common. Um, it can affect your fine motor. Um, it can affect your speech. It, it can affect everything in your body. And it can be anything from, you know, never being able to walk or talk or do simple things, um, being most severe, having um, horrific seizures to, um, as you see Lauren today, right? Like she's very um, articulate and, and she can walk and do all of those things. Um, but not everybody, um, not everybody has that ability. And unfortunately, there's not enough funding behind it. And so they call it the forgotten disability. It's truly forgotten. When somebody says, gee, I don't really know what that is, that's forgotten. There's your answer. And there's not enough, um, there's not enough treatments for it. Um, so you just feel like when Lauren was little, you just feel kind of lost out there. Um, and that in itself is so unfortunate. When Lauren was little, there was no such thing as social media. So we didn't have a Facebook group that we could be a part of to reach out to and feel like we have some support in, in community. Um, that's one thing, a part of our foundation um, launching in Buffalo is that we have formed a beautiful community, a community that they refer to us as family. And that to me is such a, a beautiful compliment because we love our family so much. And so for people to say that we're family, I feel like that's you know the, the greatest accomplishment, number one. Um, anything you wanna say? So it start it when we think of of cerebral palsy, you think it's of of children because um, that's, that's when it starts, right? Aren't we all? You're di you were diagnosed at one, so because it's I like the way you positioned it. That makes me think. So almost like a think of a stroke in an adult. You know, same. It's not the same thing, but this mm -hmm. I understand. It's a great, it's a, a great analogy for for a child. And I remember seeing a statistic, and you might know it better than I do. I thought it was something like the number one motor skill um, uh, deficiency, or uh, I don't know how they positioned it, but in children, right? Isn't that what? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a it's a disease. <laughs> it's not like a. I mean, it's out there. Yes. Yeah. It's um, it's very prevalent, and I think what people don't realize, what I realized during my internship, because I did my college internship through my nonprofit um, last semester, and what we don't think about is those children grow up to be adults, right? And <laughs> yeah. there's not only physical side effects, but there's social and mental side effects. Um, and I was just at a event uh, and they pointed out just, uh, it was actually an event of all women, but I think it stems beyond how challenging it is for adults to make friends and I've said this for years because you're not little kids 
on the playground anymore with the same favorite color. Mm-hmm. It's more about social standing or who you're friends with, what sports you do or what you're interested in. It's not as um, open-ended, so to speak. So I think what we pride ourselves on with the foundation is it's kids and children and families, but it's us adults. And we really recently brought that to the forefront uh, last semester. Lauren, how old are you now? I'm 23. So what are you studying in school? I am a communication studies major. Hmm. And what do you plan on doing with that? So I always had a plan to go on to grad school. So at some point, whenever I finish Mm -hmm. undergrad, um, I'll be going to grad school for speech pathology. Wow. And I'll become a speech pathologist. Yeah. That's awesome. That is, that's great. That is, that's that's inspirational. So let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the, uh, Make Lemonade Foundation for CP. Um, So it's, so if you're 23, so we're going on 10 years, it's been around now. Seven, seven, seven Seven years. Okay. Um, All right. Tell me, tell me more about it. Get into detail. I know just for those who want to check it out, it's makelemonade.org, but it's lemonade, A-I-D-E dot org. Make lemonade, A-I-D-E dot org. Tell me about the foundation that you guys have. You want to go? You want me to go? Go ahead. Okay. So when I was 12, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. mom took me. She was determined. This lady was on fire to take me to a conference at the CDC, the Center of Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where we've lived for almost the last 20 years. Um, so she's she's busting her way through traffic, trying to find a parking spot, mm-hmm. trying to find the right room. I mean, she's on it, right? Uh, and we walk in and it's this, this conference that includes people with cerebral palsy from all walks of life. There were two speakers and there was a ton of information given on the statistics and current standing of cerebral palsy and what was being done for it. And what I took away was there's a lot of funding for research, which is wonderful, right? Because everything is needed, but not for CP. And the interesting thing about the position, I guess, of cerebral palsy that night was I looked around the room at everyone attending all across the spectrum of ability And I was like, there has to be something that is done now. There has to be something that helps children and adults in the now so that there is a future. So I think that's really the um, 
grounding point of the foundation. And when my mom and I left that conference, we were both just lit up inside like a million fireworks going off all at one time. Um, and we went home and we brainstormed. And my mom likes to say we went back to our roots and we wanted something, excuse me, that everyone could be a part of. So I had had a lemonade stand uh, with my mom, my dad, and our fellow neighbors help as a kid to raise money for a child uh, when I was a child for a little girl who had neuroblastoma. And everyone in our neighborhood came out and was so willing and gracious to support. And there was so much joy surrounding this little lemonade stand uh, set up in our neighborhood park. And we really wanted something that would include everyone from all walks of life. And also give a sunny side to a condition that can be very hard and frustrating and heartbreaking to deal with. So I think it's a combination of, or a balance of the sunny and maybe the not so sunny. That's true. And I'm gonna just, I love that story. Um, you know, when Lauren said, you know, um, you know, I was trying so hard to get her there that day. Well, why, why was I trying so hard? I think that's an important question. It was so important for me to take her there that night because the topic was um, adult, young adults living with cerebral palsy. You know, can you be successful in your life? And Lauren was just, you know, kind of embarking that. We never really gave Lauren a label. We never put her in a box of cerebral palsy. And this is, you know, um, but she was starting to come to terms with, wow, this is, so this is something I have and what does that mean for my life and my future? And why was it so important to get her there that evening? Because there's never anything like that um, for cerebral palsy. So this was like a first thing I ever heard of. And, you know, I was, I do anything, you know? And again, there were a lot of um, um, challenges in getting her there. She was so accurate and, um, but, but we prevailed and we, we walked in late, but we got there and it was, we were showing that night that um, this was our path. And, you know, um, when everything convened, there was a Q and A and Lauren um, started, she stood up and she was in a walker at that time or no. I don't think I'd even had a walker. Right. And she just cobbled her way up to the microphone. I'm thinking, where is she going? <laughs> and she shared a story um, based on a question or a comment or whatever. It was about the loss of hope. The loss of hope. And if I, anyone ever gave you, you know, uh, put you in a situation that you had lost hope. And we were in a, a position of that. Um, and that was, I guess that's a nice thing to share. I had not my current therapist. I wanted to 
clarify that. My my current therapist will be my my future boss, hopefully in a couple months. And when I graduate grad school, hopefully my boss for decades to come. Uh, these people are amazing, but before I found through this lady, there's a current theme with with her fighting for me. Um, before we found this cutting edge therapy program called First Step Physical Therapy, um, that really is kind of my passion. I was connected with the foundation. I had had an experience with a traditional PT um, who had told me that I would never make any improvement or get any better. And if you can't tell already between my two parents, that was not the the energy and the um, mindset of our household. Yes. And 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 so I had a I had a nicely take him aside. I'll never forget his name was Keith. And I said, Keith, we please um that sounded so harsh and that is not the frame of mind that we live by in our family. I said, we don't know what's possible and we will never give up, but we don't, you know, we keep it open-ended, our possibilities, right? Um, Again, we don't live in a box and that is not something, you know, that's not how we operate in our family. So please, you know, please encourage Lauren and give her hope and whatnot. And then lo and behold, as time went on, we, we did find something to truly help her. Um, how, how old was Lauren when, when that physical therapist said that? Probably 10 or 11. Oh. Yeah, it was sports therapy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I understood that. That was what he. Um, that was what he knew. That's what right. He, knew. he wasn't trying. He was trying to be yeah. honest. Yeah. What he thought. He, he, it yes. was. He wasn't yeah. being a bully or whatever. Right. But in order for it to be a successful pairing for them, I just and again I said everything with kindness to him. But you know, please let's be positive. You know, we operate with positivity every single day. And I don't think it's a sense of false positivity you know where where some people are are positive and then I don't want to say there's no point because there's always a point but maybe you're positive and this is really the hand that you're dealt Mm -hmm. um but I don't think any one of us truly know what's possible medically you know and um I think first step physical therapy for, for me uh, and for our fellow foundation members, I, I think it proves that. Well, I think it, we were talking off bef- before we started uh, this, this uh, episode and we were talking about the power of the mind. I hadn't heard this story yet. And that is a great example of the power mm-hmm. of the mind, right? Mind. Can, yeah. uh, and, and the power of positivity. And exactly. I, I feel like obvious, and, and it, it's just, there's 
you're you you're a great example of the power of positivity the the strength of the human mind is it's not comprehensible uh, uh, of what you can accomplish if you just say mm-hmm. i'm going for it you know is mm-hmm. this i appreciate that but that's not how i i choose to think but i also mm-hmm. feel like that's a great representation of of your foundation so your foundation has these bright yellow colors green and yellow and it's it's exciting and it's a, a positive, fresh look, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, you know, I give share. I, I think about you. I, I think about, you know, I got two girls, I, I, you know, uh, having a baby that weighs, you know, 14 ounces. I, I just don't, uh, that's tough to comprehend mm-hmm. and to stay positive against all odds and then to 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 see what an amazing young woman lauren has become uh, it's uh it's it's extremely inspiring both of you are extremely inspiring um sherry can i ask sherry i mean what was you know was that like you weren't given good news right from the beginning were you i mean is is there you know that that had to be how do you how yeah. do you positive when you're given news like that 14 ounces they, they tell you she's not gonna yeah they didn't really um yeah it was really hard i'm gonna be honest right like um i mean everything started out it went along and you know everything was good and then all of a sudden um our doctor saw that she wasn't growing the way she should and um and so I had my first um, ultrasound and, um, you know, I, I found out at that time um, that she was a, a girl. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember walking out of there like beaming and just like so proud. I was so excited because I'm having my little girl because I'm a girl mom. I don't even know what I would do with a little boy. <laughs> but, um, and so it wasn't like a bombshell that hit me right away. Um, we lived in California at the time and um, I was on a business trip. Um, I was in Hawaii, unfortunately, um, when I became very, very ill. And um, I came home and soon after that, I went to the hospital, but they didn't, they weren't quite sure what it was that I had. I was this very, very vibrant, you know, healthy young person. And then I, was becoming deathly ill and um i was hospitalized and um thankfully i had three bouts of that um and you know as time progressed it became a little more scarier um but my mental state the whole entire time was okay she is going to stay in there for 40 weeks 40 weeks is our goal <laughs> And, you know, that was a great state of mind to be in because I just couldn't imagine life without her. I had her name. I, she was my girl. We had a room ready. And, um, you know, that was, that was going to be, I can't even imagine if I didn't have her. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Um, You're okay. So she was, I was 27 weeks. um, And obviously as it 
it became closer. <laughs> they knew I had um, a condition called HELP, H-E-L-L-P. And it's probably the most serious um, condition you can have in your, you know, pregnancy books. <laughs> mm. um, and, uh, you know, preeclampsia, both of them. The problem was I, I, I had it so early on. Um, typically you get it later, like your third trimester. Um, but it was, I, you know, I guess the blood was backing up in the placenta and I was pretty much, I was dying. All my organs were giving out and I did that for a month. And then it was time they took her. And we just rallied around her. Um, what, I, what did dad say? The, the nurse was like, she's so pink. She's so pink. And my dad was like, okay. And I think if I'll give you a minute, but my parents are truly the definition of um, a pillar, pillars of a temple. You know, there's there's a poem that says, uh, pillars of a temple, they stand together, but not too near together. For the pillars of a temple stand apart. And that was uh, actually in my dance partner's wedding with his wife. And I think about it now, and I just think about that. That was my parents. That's been my parents since they were engaged and got married. Um, most people don't um, make it through a child mm -hmm. being born so prematurely. And they don't always make it through with any type of medical diagnosis, let alone raise that child as you would any other child. Um, so yes, I think my mom was heartbroken. I can't speak for my dad. I'm sure he was too, uh, but he was on it. He made me my own chart because I was too small to uh, be uh, kept recorded in any standard medical chart. Uh, and he really took the bull by the horns and took care of me. Uh, while my mom was being a nurse back to health in the hospital. And I can't imagine what that's like going through it firsthand. But I can start to imagine what it's like watching the person you love most go through their most difficult season because of the season we just went through. But so you know, I had a minute there to reflect. There was never, when Lauren was born, there was never a minute of doubt in our minds. Like we, we just believed that she was going to be with us. And, um, you know, we, we did everything we could. It was the simplest of things that they, I remember once the nurses said, the babies who have the strongest survival are those, the parents that are there, you know, with them all the time. I heard that. I got out of my hospital bed after my C-section, after being, you know, on all this medication the night before and, you know, blood pressures storming through the roof. Where was I the next day? I was in the NICU. <laughs> and the other dads were like, 
you know, when did you have your baby? I had my baby yesterday evening. Really? So did my wife. She can't even move. Well, I heard that if we are in there with her and she had a, a stronger chance of survival, I was going to be there. And so that's what we did. One time, um, my husband, my mom and I, my mom came out from Buffalo and um, we were just sitting there looking at the, in the isolate and the one neonatologist walked by and he said, are you, are you waiting for the grass to grow? <laughs> and we said, we are, we're waiting. It wasn't an easy journey. You know, it was, um, wasn't a sprint. It was definitely a marathon. Um, but we always had, we always had the greatest hope. I think it's even more than hope. Hope is like, you're just wishing, right? You're this, we, we knew we, it was in our hearts and it, it was bigger. It was bigger than us. The power, um, it was out of our control, but it was bigger. Like I just, it, it was, I knew God's will was for her to be with us. And um, it was pretty beautiful in itself. Um, well, now we know so. where you get your fighting spirit from, Lauren, right? Absolutely, yes. Not hard to figure that out. No. Um, talk about Lauren. I mean, talk about, um, you know, how she inspires you now. Because we had talked before mm-hmm. of what this, what she goes through, and then just kind of says uh, her attitude is whatever, and she moves forward, and she's a, you know, what she wants to do with her life, um, how she wants to give back, um, her, her dealing with the, the vocal cord thing now, and, and she has a passion for speaking. Can you walk me through what inspires you about your daughter? Wow. Everything inspires me. Her, um, her, her, her zest for life and, uh, you know, how she just, it could be the simplest interaction of somebody who she meets on the street, how she just gives her whole heart to someone. Um, I mean, she's, she's beautiful. Hold on. Um, yeah, she inspires me in like just so many ways, especially. Sorry. You're okay. Um, especially what I've just gone through. You want me to? Well, we, um, I know we talked about this, but I guess. Yeah, so it's this family, this family, this inspirational family, this go get them. Uh, they never give up. And I know, Sherry, you're, you're, you're battling your own health issue now and uh, fighting through. Um, I know it's been, yeah, we, I, I, I we are, uh, we're obviously rooting for you. Um, but if, if, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to say this. If anybody should have to deal with this, it, it shouldn't be you, but it should be because you're the kind of people that will fight through it, you know, and you're the kind of people that will teach others the power of positivity and mental, the mental never giving up attitude. It just, exactly. You guys are such, you're, you're great role models. And now Sherry, it's your turn again, right? Yes. So... <laughs> To answer your question, 
I, I was so prepared for this. Quite honestly, I was diagnosed with, I guess we're not saying it, but um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, back in February of this year. And looking back, I was so prepared to deal with this, not even knowing it, but I, I saw that early on, just you know everything that Lauren went through, um, you know, her daily struggles and, you know, Lauren was always, um, you know, when she was little, she might've fallen a million times, um, and had scrapes all over her knees, but she just popped up with the sweetest little attitude. And, um, I, I was just always so blown away by that, right? Like, wow, you know, she just had so much strength and courage and, and, you know, to witness that every single day. And, you know, on my part, um, you know, just foster that and whatnot, you know, it prepared me for what I've gone through these last few months, right? And even with, even with my, um, our, my younger daughter, you know, she has type one diabetes. And I remember when I first was um, going to have this port put in and I was like, what, you know, there's going to be this thing, you know, hanging off my body. And, and I said to myself, you get over it, mm. get over it because my little one, my Margaret has to wear a pump every single day of her life and a monitor that you see externally every single day. Think of the things that she has to go through it. And I just said to myself, get over it and march forward. And that's what I did. And you know what? Like, I think the emotion that I'm, you know, the tears that I just had is finally the tears maybe I needed to, it was my letdown because, um, you know, I had to go through chemo and then I had a double mastectomy. And, um, and I just finished yesterday, 25 rounds of radiation. Congratulations. So, Do you have to ring the bell? Did you ring the bell? I did. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. I think um, to circle back to your question, I don't think any of, well, you might have been prepared, but I don't think um, my mom, or this is my mom, (laughs) my dad, my sister, and I were. And um, because my sister and I were always the patient, mm. you know, it's, it's very easy being the patient from my perspective, because mm. I've done that for my whole life. That's a role I know quite intimately. But when the person that you love most has probably most stereotypical scary diagnosis. Oh, you guys froze again. Can you hear us? We had a little technical problem. You're back. Yeah, you were talking about, um, wow, what an interesting perspective. But go ahead. Continue. It was really fascinating, I think, because I'm older now. I wasn't planning 
while I was loosely planning on going back uh, to my campus last semester, but I wasn't feeling right. So I was like, maybe not. And then my mom got diagnosed mm. and I was like, okay, there's no way I'm going back now. Um, even though she and my, my dad encouraged me um, to do what I wanted. Mm. And what I wanted was to be home and take care of the person that's always taking care of me. Mm. So we kind of switched roles for the past year. I was a mom to my mom. Mm. I was a caretaker to my mom. And I'm just so blessed to be able to know that I got to do that. You know, that that she let me do that. Because I think one thing that she and I have both learned throughout this season is in order to be positive and to really maintain that positivity, you have to let yourself feel all the emotions. Otherwise, it's not a true sense of positivity. You're just fooling yourself. But if you let yourself break down in those hard moments and let yourself feel that pain and that anger and that frustration and go, okay, I need to be taken care of. And there's nothing wrong with that. That it shows a sense of positive or a sense of vulnerability. That only increases your sense of positivity. Wow. That's <laughs> I can't add to that. You, you know, I have to can I regress in yeah. for just one minute? Um I have to share when I rang the bell yesterday, my team of um, health professionals all wore yellow yesterday. Oh, that's great. Yeah, right. As an honor um, to Lauren and I. Yeah. And they didn't wear pink, mm -hmm. they wore yellow. And it was such a beautiful um, surprise, you know, for us to, to see that, you know, they, all the, you know, the whole 25 days or whatever, um, you know, that was my heart, you know, that's still my forefront. Um, it's still my mission. It's my number one mission, obviously, you know, pink is, is, you know, close to my heart. One thing I want to share, because I think it's important for people to know, um, when I was diagnosed, um, I do have to say it was a beautiful feeling that, um, you know, I, I went to the doctor and there was a, a protocol, right? And so there was a roadmap of exactly what to do. And within that protocol, there were treatment plans. Boom, 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 boom. I went and got second opinions and they were spot on, right? And then, um, and then my point is, is there's so much money to support breast cancer. Thank heavens, right? Mm -hmm. But I felt that strong, um, amazing gift of when there's funding, um, life is completely different with it, right? Um, 
the medicines that I'm taking and whatnot that I'm still taking until the end of um, April, there's research, right? There's lots and lots of research that they're even improving these drugs to give people better outcomes, right? So I have nothing, I believe that I'm gonna be uh, the most amazing grandmother one day on the planet. And- um, Long time from now. But my point <laughs> is that is not the same for those when they're diagnosed with cerebral palsy. I, I didn't have the same feeling. I had something to compare now. When Lauren was diagnosed, you just were kind of left out there. Now what do I do? It was, it was very scary. That's really a correlation. On, you know, and, and then fast forward, you know, when I got the news about the breast cancer, there was a plan. Same with, you know, when my younger one was diagnosed with type one diabetes, you know, they, they got it. They, they keep chugging and chugging and chugging away. One day she won't have to wear that external pump. I know she won't. And so people need to understand that, you know, when you have a child with cerebral palsy, it affects the whole family, the whole entire family. I kid you not. My daughter feels it. My younger one feels it too. Um, and so, you know, I, I think what we do every day is amazing. You know, um, you know, I just want to kind of hit a little bit on that, like um, from, from all aspects of what our foundation is. And um, yes, we were this, you know, sunshiny, lemonade you know, front face or whatever. Um, something, as Lauren said, for everyone to embrace. Importantly, children, not just children with cerebral palsy, all children. Why? There's not enough of that today. There's not enough um, platforms, I guess is a good word for it, for young people to be a part of. Um, and that's important because when you're a part of something, if you're out there having a little lemonade stand, Lauren experienced it firsthand with all of our little neighborhood friends, right? When you're out there doing something, you feel so good about yourself. Yeah, you're doing it for someone else, but who, who is the benefit of it, truly? It's the person doing it for you, right? So it teaches us so much. Children not affected. It just teaches them a little bit more about others and giving. And I think I always said to Lauren, we need to we need a platform for young people so that they they can start planting seeds and building seeds within and feeling good about themselves. Why? It builds self-esteem, it builds confidence, all those things. That was one of my missions for starting this when Lauren said she wanted to do this because I knew that she needed the strength and the strongest confidence on the planet to deal with what she was going to face in her life. And I feel like I know I did my job. I wasn't sure how I was gonna do that when she was little. But I'm here to tell you, when you're a part of something, um, even as a little person, you know, you feel so good inside. You know, you, when you're out there trying to sell a little glass of lemonade and um, embrace something bigger than yourself, and all like every cup counts or every drop counts, whatever, however you want to say it, it's a twofold thing always, right? So, um, you know, we, we launched in 2013 in Buffalo 
and we we formed a community, a cerebral palsy community, where our people can come together, and we host events, um, big events, little events, um, and it's a, a a day. Say that's our walk, run, roll, laps of love. Um, down at the Outer Harbor in Buffalo. It's a day where we all come together and we celebrate and we honor our people because they deserve to be celebrated too. And um, they, we've witnessed so many beautiful stories and it's a day where they, they're not stared at. You know, they're accepted. It's, we haven't talked about that a lot yet today, but acceptance and, and inclusion is huge. We, we strive for that. Those are Lauren's personal um, goals is that we we can foster accepting, acceptance and inclusion, excuse me. Um, and um, it's just it's just so important. but um, yeah, there's just so many beautiful things that our foundation is a part of. Um, you know we have a wonderful opportunity with the Buffalo Sabers pre-COVID where they invite us, our CP community come out and um, in it's carte blanche for them. And it's such a beautiful day, you know, evening for them to, it's like, you know, thank you Buffalo Sabres because they, you know, we love our Sabres and it's, again, this community, this doesn't happen for them. Mm. And so we're very, very proud that that happens. And we work really hard raising every single dollar, every dollar, um, so that we can provide grants to this cutting edge therapy that Lauren, it's changed Lauren's life. We've been blessed. I'm just going to say that um, through my husband's success and, and um, whatnot that we have been able to afford her this therapy here in Atlanta. But we also always felt Lauren and I, and um, you know, our right hand partner, Carol Wallier, my sister-in-law who oversees everything in Buffalo. Um, we couldn't do it without her, literally. 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 Um, but, um, you know, we provide grants for this therapy and we're just, you know, we so badly um, want first step therapy. We're working really, really hard to bring it to Buffalo so that um, they, so patients in the community overall, just people overall have access to this cutting edge therapy program um, that can help change lives. And, and our part is, you know, giving these therapy grants. Um, and we have, you know, had a lot of our CP families come down to Atlanta and, um, and, and they can see it. They can see huge changes for their little ones. Well, I so, know firsthand, I mean, uh, you have a, a friend who's, uh, son has cp and they have uh, they can't say enough good things about your foundation what it's done for their son what it's done for their family um and the, the cutting edge therapies um yeah like 10 years ago you know they may not have been able to to do this so they feel very fortunate that uh, your foundation exists and that uh, what you guys have have done for them. So the foundation again is is Make Lemonade Foundation for CP, and you can get involved, and you can check out the website for different events. You can donate right there on the website. It's Make Lemonade 
lemonade.org, make lemonade, L-E-M-O-N-A-I-D-E.org. Um, I can't remember the name of the event in the summer at the Harbor again. You mentioned it. I've been to that. It's super cute. Uh, they're yeah. all, it's really a, a cool event. Um, and we, there's a lot of, a lot of smiles, a lot of victories. Mm -hmm. It's a really, yeah, it's a really, really, what's it called again? What the walk, what, what's it called the event? So um, pre-COVID, it was called a walk, run, roll in Lauren's shoes. And then last year, just because we couldn't be together to keep everyone safe, was called Lapse of Love. Yeah. And it was more of a, um, an exhibit and an awareness builder, again, building upon what is cerebral palsy, um, about in, you know, inclusion and acceptance, um, you know, being a good friend, you know, all those kinds of things. We all need friends, right? Because yeah. that alone can, can make each day better for, for someone. And Lauren, um, we'll, we'll wrap it up here in a little bit, but um, talk, ballroom dancing, talk to me here. What's going on? So I had wanted to dance since I was two or three. I grew up watching these old vintage movies with my grandparents, um, my mom's dad, dad and stepmom. And they had Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and Jane Kelly and Citrus and mm. all these fantastic um, classic uh, human beings with an abundance of talent, right? Because, I mean, they were probably pretty cutting edge for, for their time, but, you know, there's, there's no auto-tune. Uh, there might not have been a green screen. So you get to watch these phenomenal uh, choreographed uh, dance routines on screen with such passion. And I remember sitting there in all my gear, as I call it, wondering how I was going to do that one day. And I wanted to do it just like I saw on the screen. There's nothing wrong with doing it in a wheelchair. There's nothing wrong with doing it in a walker or an assistive device. It's just as beautiful. It's just as freeing. I just wanted to connect to what I saw as a little girl. And when I had progressed enough through this program that I was able to function, I don't want to say without and this is device because I had a crutch at the time. But when I got to the point where I was able to um, function, maybe absent from it for a little while, I truly began to dance and I tested the waters for the first couple of months. And then I met my, my current ballroom dance partner, um, who my mom is showing you. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, you can't see this. This is like legit. Proud mom has a book. What's the book? What is, uh, what are we looking at? It's, a, it's just a photo from our first routine that we went uh, national and international. 
So who who is that your part? Who is that guy? That's my partner in my church. What's his name? His name is Mayo Allenon. He's one of the very best in our ballroom ministry. Uh, And I'm just so grateful to be his his student and partner. And he's a huge supporter of our foundation as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. And because you weren't busy enough, you also wrote a book. Uh, what was the name of the book is uh, The Dancing Swan. It's based on your own, but it's a children's book, mm-hmm. right? The Dancing Swan. Can you tell me about The Dancing Swan? Yes. Yeah, so when I was little, um, I'd have story time with my mom and my dad, and they'd read me book after book after book after book. And I loved it. I loved getting lost in adventures all the different stories. I'm an avid reader today because of that. And I wanted to create a children's book that represented what I didn't see in books as a little girl. So disability, friendship, hard work, um, family support, love, kindness, acceptance, inclusion, all these different things to foster and hopefully little kids growing up in generations now. Um, So it's based off my dancing routine that my dance partner and I first debuted with. uh, The the swan, but the book is called The Dancing Swan. So it's a little bit of um, kind of expansion on that um, with very beautiful illustrations. I'm very grateful to um, my co-author that worked with me on that. So it it really is a dream come true in terms of representation. Can where can we find it? On Amazon. Amazon? Amazon. Great. So Am- the name Amazon, of the book is, yeah. is the Dancing Swan, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Look, um, we always try to tell stories of inspiration. We also like to give out information and then we try to educate. And I think you've you've educated quite a few people here, hopefully through this episode of um about the importance of did you call it the forgotten condition? Uh, Uh, cerebral palsy Mm -hmm. you know um bring it to light lots of information and there's information more on that website at makelemonade.org i really encourage anyone listening or or watching to at least visit visit the website and and try to and and other websites learn about cerebral palsy um learn about you know understand what it is um, it took me to do some research and, and talking to these ladies to understand what it is. I knew it was there, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but I never really compre- comprehended it. Um, and so, and, and it, it, it's in my life indirectly because of our friend's son. So we, you know, learned a little bit uh, there as well, but never really understood how underfunded or underfunded, underrecognized uh, or maybe underappreciated, uh, mm-hmm. cerebral palsy is. Mm-hmm. And so I, 
I uh, applaud you both, obviously, for your fortitude, your intestinal fortitude, your, you know, your, your mental strength, uh, it, but, but for recognizing that we need to recognize this particular disease more, we need to understand it more. And it's, it's about helping those that are in need, but their families as well, as you said, it it affects everybody. So um, the more people understand about cerebral palsy, I think the more they will observe it, at least if it's not directly affecting them and their family, Mm -hmm. and appreciate it more when they see it, and appreciate it more when it's time for giving or getting involved, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's what we need. Let's be realistic. Okay. So we, we, we need people to get more involved. We need people to understand it more. Uh, We need people to spread the word more and we need people to give money to this foundation. We're a very giving country. Um, And like you, you had mentioned, Sherry, there are other um, diseases, thank God that we support, you know, what's breast cancer, diabetes, um, but this is something that for whatever reason, you know, just doesn't get the attention maybe, but it is certainly affects a lot of people and a lot of families and it's, uh, your efforts, uh, obviously are applauded, but, we, um, I just, I'm going to tell you, I encourage you keep it going. I mean, um, the more people know about it, just one person at a time, the, you know, to help one other kid, but one other family, um, then, you know, um, then I guess then, then it's worth it. So hopefully if, if it's just one person says, I'm going to check out, I'm going to learn more about cerebral palsy, then, then the time that we've just invested today is certainly worth it. But again, it's, it's the make lemonade foundation for CP it's make lemonade, L E M O N A I D E.org make lemonade.org. Um, Lauren, um, Sherry, thank you for what you guys do. Thanks for sharing your stories. Um, If somebody wants to learn more and they can they or talk to you directly or email you directly, can they do that through the website? They can. Okay. So makelemonade.org. I encourage you to check it out and to uh, to do whatever, whatever you can at this time of this recording. It's December, what are we at nine now, 2021, mm-hmm. you know, um, so at, at end of year, if you're hearing this now, and, and you need to, if you're a business and, and need to, to contribute and, and look for something each year, I, I encourage you to, uh, to support the Make Lemonades Foundation for CP. Lauren and Sherry, thank you. Thanks for everything. Thanks for your time. Thanks for what you're you. rooting for you, Lauren. Sherry, we're rooting for you. Um, keep fighting. And uh, um, we look forward to um, um, make Lemonade Foundation to someday become a household household uh, foundation. People know exactly Absolutely. what it is. Exactly. Thanks, ladies. Thank uh, you, Steve. So, uh, thank you for, uh, for watching, for listening, for participating. Listen, if you have an inspirational story that you think we need to share, you can go to our website, which is shovelthesidewalk.com. There's a form you can fill out and, uh, and we'll get your story out there as well. Any, any story of inspiration, information, um, if we can educate, we'll do it. So uh, thanks again to, to Lauren and to Sherry. Thank you for watching and listening. I'm Steve Fortunato, and this has been Sidewalk Talk.